on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, here with your NXT, don't call it takeover, but still call it War Games 2021 preview 2.0. Yeah, thought I might have some company. Unfortunately, life is, uh, is not being nice to anybody right now, so I am flying solo. Gotta take this time once again to send a quick shout out to our good buddy Jake DeMarco, who I did get a chance to talk to earlier this week. Um, yeah, just hit up Countdown Ended on any social media platform you can think of, honestly. Uh, just keep sending that guy some love. Um, as I say, uh, when life smiles on him a bit more, we will have him back. You know, he sends all of his good vibes to me, which is awesome, but also you guys can't wait to be back on the show when I get a chance, and uh, I can't wait to have him on the show because I'm much better in a collab, as you guys have probably figured out by now. That being said, in a week or so, I am going to get myself and Guapo up here to preview uh, Winter is Coming, Lame of Thrones 2, yes, and my nose is itchy. Don't worry about that. Uh, FlixFix, don't even ask me at this point. My weekends are weekends are when we used to do FlixFix, and we, my weekends are a bit weird uh, the past little while, so get back to those when when we can is is the truth of it um uh had a couple personal things uh going on with me yesterday that's why you didn't get a dynamite review but dynamite was uh dynamite was a thing wasn't it uh the only thing i really want to send a shout out to is the um the match that we knew was going to be fantastic which was ruby soho and chris uh chris statlander because that match was awesome and people are nitpicking the hell see here's the thing we nitpicked AEW for not having a great women's division and we got told we were shit for that. Now you turn around and the women are actually given a really cool platform to do something cool. Hey, we're going to focus on this particular match even though it's not the final of the tournament. It's going to be a highlight of the tournament. It's sort of their uh, please sign Cedric moment and now that it's getting positive reviews, those same people that nitpicked us for nitpicking are now nitpicking us for not nitpicking. <laughs> I don't... I don't know. I uh, I will say in the AEW saves conversation, Ruby Soho is has absolutely been saved by AEW, and uh, hats off to them. And Chris Statlander made a great showing of herself, obviously being the greener of the two, and she's greener because she's an alien. Yeah, <laughs> that's a shit joke. Moving on. Takeover, not takeover. That's what kind of night it is. Uh, NXT War Games this coming Sunday. It's not TakeOver. We shouldn't assume that it's going to be TakeOver. We shouldn't have the... We shouldn't have the high expectations of TakeOver. TakeOver was a brand. Uh, I'm going to touch on this on another day. Um, I do believe we're going to reach a point in the history of NXT, if NXT even continues being a thing, where somebody is going to make some kind of documentary or a look back or whatever, and they're going to look back at uh, NXT TakeOver Portland, and uh, you're going to get it some corny labeled documentary that's going to be called The Last Great Takeover because everything else was in full sale in front of nobody or in the CWC in front of almost nobody and now this war games that's not even takeover anymore they've gotten rid of the name is going to take place in this fireworks and rainbows iteration of NXT in the two point dome as as I've as I've been calling it for the past for the past couple of weeks, it's it's really strange, and I'm going to get to this more specifically when we talk about the women's war games match. It's one of I've I've said it 
for the past two weeks, it is one of the last threads of the old NXT. NXT, black and gold NXT, brought out war games. And it was an old WCW thing, it was an old NWA thing, and they made it different. They took the roof off because of the high-flying nature of the people that were in it at the time. Uh, your Ricochets, your Adam Coles, your Pat McAfee's, etc. Um, I... If you put a gun to my head right now, first of all, I'd say that's really, really weird. We can just have a conversation. But second of all, I would say I don't know what War Games looks like in this NXT. I I said the same thing going into Halloween Havoc when I came to talk to you guys about Halloween Havoc. I don't know what Halloween Havoc looks like in this version of NXT. And Halloween Havoc wasn't bad. It was a fun show, but it wasn't for many reasons. Top of the list being my girl Shotzi wasn't hosting it, but it wasn't the NXT that created it and it's definitely not the NXT that created takeover war games we didn't have William Regal sitting on his on his Regal perch there saying war games so we could all do the really really bad and probably offensive William Regal accent um but it is how can i say this it is interesting it does hold intrigue it does pique my curiosity of what does a pay-per-view look like with this NXT? With Halloween Havoc, it's like, okay, what does one of NXT's elevated episodes of NXT look like in this NXT? What does a pay-per-view look like in this version of NXT? And War Games is a really... War Games is a really interesting pay-per-view to do that with because when we used to look at the old, the old layout of of a takeover, you had a match for every title, maybe one of them got left off occasionally, the women's tag or the UK, back when the UK was treated like a mid-card title. And then you had like one or two exhibitions. Now, the women's champion, women's tag champion, and NXT champion, and the North American champion are all in War Games matches, so they had to come up with a lot of, a lot of other stuff, but... First and foremost, before we get into anything else, the tradition that was started by myself and Jake, even though Jake's not here, I'm going to do it anyway. While I'm talking about a pay-per-view, I'm going to be tempted to say takeover, so if I say takeover, shoot me. While we're talking about the show, we first start by talking about what's not on the show. What's not on the show is the fact that Beth Phoenix is leaving commentary. She put a, a thing out on social media must have been in the past 24 hours, because I read it just before I sat down to record this. Uh, she's leaving, she's going, she's not leaving WWE, but she's leaving her commentary post. She's going to spend more time with her kids. Obviously, that's, uh, that's a thing that needs to happen. I mean, Edge has just come back, so she's taking a turn away, I, I, I would assume. Um... She, she put out big thanks to like everybody that's helped her on commentary, from your Vic Josephs to your Mauro Ronaldo's to Michael Cole and, and the guys in the back and whatever. You know, wish her happiness in whatever she's doing. Go be with your kids. Obviously, if Edge is going to be on the show more, somebody has to be at home. And maybe it's a, maybe it's a case of it's her turn. Maybe she's going to pop up in the Royal Rumble in January as a surprise entrant. That would be really cool. It does leave the... Comp, the uh, conversation open as to who is going to be a commentator and the the first thing I, I thought of is oh are they just going to shuffle somebody else over I'm like you know what shuffle Corey Graves back over there but this is not the NXT that made Corey Graves um, I mean Pat McAfee's situated himself on Smackdown don't bring in somebody like Byron Saxton so if it if it's going to be like that then just 
Vic Joseph and, and uh, Bad News Barrett could be a thing. Two-man booth is a thing. They prove that on SmackDown every week. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an immediate curiosity because I wonder if, after announcing that she's leaving, I wonder if she's hanging out just long enough to do the pay-per-view or is she already on her way back home? That's, uh, I don't have an answer. I don't even really have a, hey, this is what I would like to see. Thing, but it's just it's interesting to note and I happened to catch it before I like I say before I sat down to record this so that's a thing um, in the wake of WWE's releases several waves over the past two years but more more recently uh, releases but also slash people that whose contracts had run out slash people who asked for releases um, Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly's contracts are both running out. In fact, Gargano, I, I've heard, or we've heard through the grapevine, or I've mostly heard from what culture, let's be real, um, that he has sort of a handshake five-day extension just to do this pay-per-view in the following episode of NXT, but they are making last-stitch efforts to keep these guys on board. Um, I hope that Gargano stays. I hope when Ciampa's title reign ends, they at least have one more fairy tale run as as DIY. That's me personally. Also, should say, while people are while while they've put the title on Ciampa and Ciampa has had challengers, mostly Braun Breaker and and other people stepping up to him and whatever, he hasn't really been at the forefront, and neither has the conversation about where his contract is at. So I I said a while ago. You know, the Usos would be a really strange, weird, impactful loss to WWE. If NXT lost DIY as a package to to Impact or to AEW or to anybody else, I would say ROH, but they're on a hiatus from the best I understand. I don't want to speak to that because I don't know enough about it. But um, if they went as a tag team somewhere else and found success, NXT, or sorry, yeah, uh, AEW Tag Team Champions, or Impact Tag Team Champions, or maybe they want to do the, the Japan thing for a bit. Again, not going to talk much about the Japan thing, because I'm not familiar, it's not something I follow. Um, it would be interesting, it would be interesting to see DIY. Can you imagine a world where you turn on Dynamite one week and there's a triple threat match for, the, for those tag team titles between DIY, The Usos, and The Bucks? I mean, just think about that for a second. Um, Kyle O'Reilly is much more of a of a straight shot. I think if he if he's out the door, then he's definitely going to AEW. He's going to hook up with Cole and Fish, and they're going to do whatever they. Maybe they're going to go to AEW and and create the disputed era. And then you get into that weird three-on-three-on-three -on -three -on -three match that I pitched a couple weeks ago. But it's very interesting if they're making last-ditch efforts to get these guys to re-sign their contracts. And I think you're going to see a very similar situation with Kevin Owens very soon, although that doesn't apply here. Um, it could sway a lot of the different things that we're going to talk about on this show tonight. Um, who's not on the show tonight? I, personally, because I like the wacky weird stuff, I want Boa to interrupt something. This weird, you know, the lore of the thousand-year-old dragon lady, you know, she mentored Zia Lee, and now Zia Lee is a comic book character on SmackDown. Dragon Lady herself is gone, so the spirit of the thousand-year-old dragon lady is now in Boa, and he's basically doing an NXT version of The Fiend, which is fine, which brings me to Solo Sokoa. Now, 
I'm not advocating that we automatically throw him into one of the cage matches or whatever, but Solo Sokoa has been getting a pretty cool push on NXT. I... I've only reviewed NXT the past two weeks. You guys know it fell off, it fell far from being the the fence post of this of this channel. But I have been watching, and I do like Solo Sokoa and uh, the Inafe guy that he just uh, fought this week. Also good. Wasn't really his night, was it? So no Demon Dragon Boa, no Solo Sokoa. That rhymed. Not intentional. And. Because they didn't win the number one contenders match, there's no Legato del Fantasma on this show. And Legato del Fantasma as a faction is one of the sort of newer fence posts of NXT, being that they were they are some of the remnants of old NXT. Now we know that Santos Escobar um, Santos Escobar is taking on Zion Quinn next week on NXT. That match could have been added to this card. You could have bumped the tag title match to the kickoff because you guys know what I think of that. Um, they are a pretty big element, the, th the, the three of them. Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilder, Raul Mendoza, along with um, Electra Lopez, are a presence. And if, this is, if they're trying to put their best foot forward and say this is what an NXT pay-per-view is going to be like from now on, uh, I think leaving them off is a big miss. I think you could have had them and throw on one other guy, and they could have been the other side of a of a War Games match. If you wanted to have a third War Games match, that might have been a bit much. But say they turned Zion Quinn to their side, they could have been, you know, a heel team, and they could have had four guys going up against them. I think there's a lot of missed opportunities there, just with who they've left off, especially when you see what they've put. On and what they put on, and I want to get this out of the way quickly because I really, really, really don't care. Um, Imperium defending the NXT tag titles um, against Kyle O'Reilly and Vaughn Wagner. Vaughn Wagner's got heart. Vaughn Wagner does not have my interest. No, 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 no. Vaughn Wagner kind of looks like if you got out jumper cables and tried to animate Lurch. That's fine, that's okay, but it means Kyle O'Reilly is the only person in a four-man match that I give a shit about, and I don't want Kyle O'Reilly to win here, because if they become champions, then he's stuck with this guy. If, he, if they become champions, that means I guess he's hanging around, which is fine, but I mean, renew your contract, get a quick tag team title reign under your belt, kick this guy in the dick, and go for whoever the champion is. Kyle O'Reilly versus Tommaso Ciampa. How is that not a thing? How is that not... And Imperium, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it until it's not true anymore, which means I'm just going to keep saying it. Imperium, without Walter, is boring. They are. They are great athletes. Again, I say, I said it on the review, and I would say it here. These guys would be tremendous assets in the PC, in the um, doing the bare bones, bare basics stuff. You know, the mat is sacred, and, and they're trying to be like the wrestlers' wrestlers um, of, the, of the division right now. But you also have the Creed Brothers doing that and doing it better, because Diamond Mine is more fun. We're going to get to that later. Um... It just, we take ourselves very seriously, and we have the titles of this Fireworks and Rainbows Fever Dream NXT. It just doesn't work. I don't care who wins. For Kyle O'Reilly's own benefit, I don't want them to win. I guess by default, I'm choosing Imperium to win and then lose them to 
anybody else. Lose them to MSK, who I'm going to talk about in a second. Lose them to Jacket Time. Lose them to the fucking grizzled young veterans. Lose them to Briggs and Jensen if you want to push a new team. Um, I was about to say Hit Row there, but sad times. Now, speaking of MSK, MSK met the Shaman on NXT this week, except we didn't meet the Shaman. We saw a silhouette and a bunch of smoke because ha ha ha, isn't it funny? They're stoners. They're going to have a segment in the middle of this pay-per-view and it's going to break things up, which is fine. I think everybody's worked themselves into a shoot at this point that it's going to be Rob Van Dam. I'm not going to lie. The only two things you can do with this and the other one's not going to happen because he's still a tag team champion on Raw. The only other thing this could be is Matt Riddle. And it's not. I mean, if you want to look outside the NXT sphere, the only other guy that these guys could be calling to NXT would be Trey Miguel. But I think, I haven't watched Impact in a couple of weeks, I think Trey Miguel is a champion in NXT right now. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, Rob Van Dam is, is the thing. And the thing about it is, they could have some awesome, cool surprise for us as to, as to who the who the shaman is, but because everybody's worked themselves into a shoot that it's Rob Van Dam, even if the surprise is awesome, people are going to be bummed that it's not Rob Van Dam. So I really don't know what to say. So let's get the shaman surprise out of the way. Let's get Rob Van Dam managing MSK, if that's going to be the thing. And let's let that, let's let whoever the shaman is manage MSK, bring them back to the arena. I would love on the night I would love on the night for Imperium to get one over Von Wagner. Kyle O'Reilly can blame Von Wagner. They can have one match. He can kick him to the curb, and then he can go have a solo career. Imperium maintain the titles, and then they get challenged um, out of nowhere by MSK, accompanied by their new shaman, and they walk out tag team champions on Sunday. That's what I would like to see. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not going to lie. Duke Hudson versus Cameron Grimes in a hair versus hair match when one of them already has short hair and one of them has already had their hair cut. I mean, Cameron Grimes in his own really, really weird way is one of the most pushed entities in NXT. He's probably going to beat Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson's got short hair. Um, he'll disappear for a couple weeks, grow it back, and then he'll come in and pretend that nothing has happened. Now, what I do want to say, because it's silly and because it can't be taken too seriously... And because it, uh, he's got the gambling thing, right? Let's be real. Uh, for those of you that watch Impact, I know they just got rid of it or they just stopped doing the gimmick. But the Duke Hudson, Duke's Poker Room thing, is a rip of Swinger's Palace. It just is. Swinger's Palace was a lot weirder because it's on Impact and Impact does weird really well. But they basically looked at that and said, oh, it's a poker gimmick. Duke Hudson, what's your thing? Well, now it's poker. Remember when he was Vink? Who's Vink? Moving on. But he's taking on Cameron Grimes. There's poker stuff all the way through this. What what I want to see here, I want to see a snake, guys. I do. I want a period of time where Cameron Grimes is playing possum and somebody on commentary says, well, he's got a good poker face. And if I can reference Impact one more time, Ace Austin, inevitable Ace Austin in Impact, has a finishing maneuver called the Fold. 
So if Cameron Grimes borrows that for the night, if Cameron Grimes beats the poker guy with the fold, I will pop huge. Now that's something I've created in my own head, much like we've all done with the RVD thing. So when it doesn't happen, I'll be sad. He can do the snake eyes thing. They can do the poker face thing. Somebody will make a Lady Gaga reference because they think that's worth something. And we will move on. Cameron Grimes is going to win this. Duke Hudson is going to disappear for a couple weeks, grow his hair back, and nothing will matter because nothing matters. Cameron Grimes took on Andre Chase this week on NXT, and Andre Chase can fuck off. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Now, now we get to the juicy good stuff. Roderick Strong, current NXT Cruiserweight Champion and member of the Diamond Mine, Roderick Strong, defending his Cruiserweight Championship against Joe Gacy, the SJW, who weighs 245 pounds, if you believe Wikipedia. I love this. I love the SJW gimmick. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. People out there don't like the SJW gimmick. Do you know why those particular people don't like the SJW gimmick that they've done to Joe Gacy? Because those people don't like to look in the mirror. If you hate this gimmick, if you're triggered by this gimmick, you are why this gimmick exists. WWE, as, as, as we all know, tells stories. They make movies about things that exist in real life. They hold up a mirror to society. You don't like Joe Gacy because the Joe Gacy character holds up a mirror to you. Oh, yes. Now, I promised you on my NXT review that I would say two, things that, two gimmicks that I want to see now. What I want to see now is them adopt this on Raw and SmackDown, because on Raw and SmackDown, you've got two women that I cannot stand. You've got Bianca Belair, and you've got Naomi. Now, looking at how awesome, and by how irritated everybody is, you know it's awesome, how awesome they've done with the SJW gimmick. You've got Bianca Belair on Raw, you've got Naomi on SmackDown. Make one of them a Karen, make one of them a feminist. Oh, yes. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. You guys that have known me for a long time know how much I cannot stand Sasha Banks. I can't. My opinion of her hasn't changed. I've done, I've talked about it myself. We've done collabs with Jake. We've done collabs with Guapo. We've talked the Sasha Banks uh, issue to death. And, I mean, she's a part-timer now, so it's not really an issue anymore. Anyway, Bianca Belair and Naomi are so ridiculously obnoxious that they make Sasha Banks tolerable. Oh, yes. But we've got Joe Gacy doing this awesome SJW gimmick. He did the all-inclusive invitational with the short guy and the fat guy and the female. Oh, my God, a woman. Um, and it's like, you know, when he wins the Cruiserweight Championship, it's going to be an all-inclusive title. And this is what Joe Gacy's future looks like and all this type of thing. Now, couple that with the fact that they may be getting rumors say, and I hate this because in good NXT, good NXT bring adopting the NXT championship and sort of saving it from 205 Live was one of the coolest things to happen. Um, who, who was at the forefront of that? Leo Rush. Leo Rush who just did himself a favor and got rid of Dante Martin because much like Andre Chase, much like Naomi, much like uh, Bianca Belair, and much like Sasha Banks, Dante Martin can fuck the fuck off. Oh, yes. But we took the the uh, WWE, you know, grapefruit roll-up 
Cruiserweight Championship and made it the NXT Cruiserweight Championship with Leo Rush at the helm at the time. And we crowed about that. Me and Jake. Me and Jake doing our NXT thing. We crowed about that for a long, long time. I shouldn't be happy that they're getting rid of, of this title. But if they're going to get rid of it, here's what you need to do. Because it's going to leave a void. The, the Cruiserweight title not being around anymore is going to be a void. But if you're going to put the Cruiserweight Championship on an SJW character that's awesome, who's not a Cruiserweight and therefore can't defend it, have him rage against the exclusivity of such a Cruiserweight division. Have him melt down the Cruiserweight Championship belt into little pieces. And the next... 10 people that he faces in the ring on NXT at other shows etc have him give them participation medals because that's what SJWs want that's what SJWs want to spread around melt down the cruiserweight championship and have this douchebag hand out participation medals to the people that he leaves in his wake. And then, separate from Joe Gacy, if you want to fill the void of the Cruiserweight Championship, you introduce an NXT, an NXT television championship or something along those lines. It'll all be good. I, because I kind of want the world to burn, I think Joe Gacy is going to going to win slash kill the Cruiserweight title, which I'm okay with, because I like Roderick Strong, I like the Diamond Mine, he can absorb this loss, and I think if he does that, you can have Roderick Strong going up against Carmelo Hayes for the North American Championship as his buddies go after the tag titles, and Ivy Nile, who's a fucking wrecking machine in her own right, can can chase some, some gold in the female division as well. Malcolm Evans can be their mouthpiece. Um... As much as I say Legato Del Fantasma is one of the coolest um, factions in NXT right now that's left, I mean, Undisputed Era is not a thing anymore, um, Hit Row is not a thing anymore, you've got Legato Del Fantasma who are still strong, you could have Legato Del Fantasma, the three guys, and, and Electra take on Roderick Strong and the Creed Brothers, and... Uh, and Ivy Nile, that could be a lot of fun, but they are a strong unit, pun intended. And if he loses the Cruiserweight Championship, he might move himself up. He might move himself up into the North American Championship division. Uh, they, like I say, they might get the tag titles. Malcolm Bivens might uh, say that they're fulfilling their own golden prophecy as Ivy Nile picks up the women's title eventually. And yeah, I, I don't want to see the NXT title die, but if you're going to kill it, do it with this awesome character that pisses everybody off so that I can smile. People getting twisted up about the Joe Gacy character right now makes me smile as much as Daniel Bryan getting booted in the face at WrestleMania and losing in 18 seconds, because I know there was an upside-down mop in Texas that was really, really upset about that. Moving on, let's talk about the War Games match. I'm going to talk about the guys' match first. I think this is going to be the main event. I think the ladies should be the main event, because it's a more interesting match. But Team 2... This is what I love, too. They, they, they get you in the marketing, don't they? Team 2.0 taking on Team Black and Gold. I mean, for sentimental reasons, who do you think I'm behind? But also, Team 2.0, Tony D'Angelo, Grayson Waller, who I could take or leave, Braun Breaker, who's clearly their project at the moment, and Carmelo Hayes, who's the only champion on his team. He's got 
the North American Championship. He's got Trick Williams, his hype man, and he's got this thing going right now where even though Ciampa's the main champion, he's trying to make his title the number one title, which is kind of cool and kind of a throwback attitude to... Um, to back in the day when you used to have, oh, you got the WWE Championship or the WWF Championship, but we all know that the Intercontinental title is the workhorse title. I think in a heel way, he's trying to pull up that same kind of attitude or that same kind of theology around the North American Championship. And I think that's really fucking cool, especially when you consider that the other real number one champion is on the team across from him. You got Tommaso Ciampa, the NXT champion, Johnny Gargano, his longtime partner who got DIY chance just by standing in the same ring together, along with my boy Pete Dunne, who you guys know I have a personal bias against, or a personal bias for, considering he's an ex-Destiny World Champion, check it off just past me next bucket list, and LA Knight who was one of the last new guys NXT got before NXT didn't exist anymore. There's all kinds of things that could go on here. You've got Trick Williams, who may get himself involved somewhere along the way. You've got LA Knight, who could work himself up and, and fuck something up because he's got this this really petty, sarcastic rivalry with, with Grayson Waller. You got Tony D'Angelo who could put a hit out on somebody. I'm not going to do that anymore. It's fine. You got Braun Breaker, as I say, who's clearly the NXT project. But on the other side of the coin, you got Pete Dunne, who you need to do something with eventually. You need to put him in that title picture in a meaningful, believable way and just not have him be the other guy in multi-man matches. You've got Ciampa, like I say, the current champion. You've got Gargano, who has to rebrand himself, seeing as his group... His group is all over the place. Candice is out because they're about to have a kid. Congratulations to them. That's awesome. Indy Hartwell is disappointing her new tag team partner, Persia Parada, because she's too worried about her husband escaping from the hospital. That's that's fine. And, I mean, Austin Theory. Austin Theory is on Raw with Vince McMahon talking about the egg. Hashtag egg stuff. Uh, Gargano just came out and said, like, hey, my group's gone, I'm just going to go back to being Johnny Wrestling, and everybody just kind of accepted it and was cool, including me. And like I say, LA Knight, who's, like, the newest old-school guy there. I really, really, really want Team Black and Gold to win, and the tipping point, the tipping point might be, this is how they get Johnny Gargano to stay. The tipping point might be, we don't know what Ciampa's... Uh, contract statuses at all. I haven't heard anybody talking. Even the typical places that I that I go to for for news and information haven't really said much about. We know the story about a year, year and a half ago was Champa saying he refused to go to the main roster. But square peg round hole in this version of NXT. Um, I really hope the black and gold team win. But. We said it back at Halloween Havoc. Halloween Havoc was going to be the changing of the guard. We got that halfway with Mandy Rose becoming the champion and with her uh, other stablemates becoming the women's tag team champions. But we held on with Braun Breaker not beating Tommaso Ciampa. We didn't quite get the full changing of the guard there. I think this is where we pay for that. I think t uh, Team 2.0 uh, gets the win here. If that's... 
just because Breaker goes in there and wrecks shit, if that's because Carmelo Hayes' hype man comes in and interferes and passes them a weapon or they do some shenanigans, whatever the case may be, I don't know. I would really, as I say, for the sentimental value, if nothing else, and the fact that I like all the guys on the old team, I would really like Team Black and Gold to win. I don't, I don't see it happening. Now, what I think should be the main event, because Spaz, old NXT, new NXT, is a huge fan of the NXT women's division. Champion Mandy Rose, champion Gigi Dolan, champion JC Jane, and Dakota Kai, <laughs> taking on uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, who may have Zoe Stark in her corner, even though she's injured, don't know. Um, I mean, she, she'll be on the outside with a crutch, but then again, an injured friend's crutch could become a weapon, so you can't discount that. Kaylee Ray, who it's awesome to finally see come over from NXT UK, and I'm sorry, Cora Jade is fucking awesome. I, I love the match that she had with, uh, was it Dakota Kai or was it Mandy Rose? Either way, really, really good match. People don't want to give her the, the credit for that because oh, she's a she's a skater character, but she can't really skateboard. The uh, the Michael Sidgwick's of the world uh, looking at that and saying, oh, she only does a she she doesn't do a very good skate, even though that's not how words work. Um, let me tell you something: The Undertaker wasn't a real mortician. Isaac Yankum was not Britt Baker, not an actual. Uh, dentist, the the Repo Man. I hate to break it to Simon Miller. The Repo Man wasn't a really a real repossessor. So I don't care. I care that she's the newest face on the roster, and she's pretty fucking good for her age. And I think it's awesome that she's getting a cool spotlight. And she's got look at the team that she's got to go with: uh, Gonzalez, Shirai, Stark for whatever she's gonna. Uh, contribute and Kaylee Ray, who's into matches like this, the, the latter match that she had with Dakota Kai uh, on NXT this week for the uh, for the War Games Advantage was awesome because Dakota Kai is playing this insane character and Kaylee Ray is just good at shit like this. Here's my problem, right? I know you got all the champions: Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, J.C. Jane. Now the same people that are twisted up about Toxic Attraction holding belts are the same people that are upset about the Joe Gacy character. So again, I say that mirror is already being held up. Look yourself in the mirror; it'll be fine. The focus of this match should be Kaylee Ray and Dakota Kai because they are the most suited for this situation. Now, here is the problem, and here's why I don't have faith that they're going to play it out that way. Dakota Kai and Kaylee Ray are a kick-ass combination of female competitors in a kick-ass structure, in a kick-ass uh, gimmick match, on a brand that doesn't really focus itself on being kick-ass anymore. And I... <sighs> Much like I said at the beginning, like I said, uh, I literally don't know what War Games is going to look like. I don't know if they're going to know how to focus on that. you got two badasses in a badass type of match on, on what should be a badass type of show on a brand that's not really badass anymore. Uh, I will say, a little bit biased, I like Toxic Attraction. I'm happy that they're getting success. I'm happy that Mandy Rose has finally gotten some due because she's got a better V-Trigger than Kenny Omega, but that's okay, Kenny Omega fans, I won't call it the V-Trigger because she's super fucking hot, I'll just call it the Vag Trigger. Everybody wins, oh yes. Um, 
Uh, Dakota Kai and Toxic Attraction, I think, are going to win. Uh, the other ones are going to have a good showing. I do think it is going to play out that it was a mistake by Cora Jade based on her lack of experience as a whole, but specifically lack of experience in a match like this. So, I think the heels are, are winning both cage matches and everything. <coughs> to those of you uh, listening on headphones, I'm really sorry about that. I think the heels, other than other than Cameron Grimes, Cameron Grimes is the babyface that's winning if we go down my predictions here, because I'm saying Imperium by default, Cameron Grimes beats Ducats, and Joe Gacy slowly kills the Cruiserweight Champion, and I just kind of laugh. Team 2.0 and uh, Dakota Kai and Toxic Attraction are going to win their respective War Games matches, and we're going to find out that Rob Van Dam is the shaman. Yay! Potentially, we're going to see Beth Phoenix's replacement on commentary, and we might have an indicator of whether Gargano and Kyle are bothering to stick around in this brand that may be dying a fireworks and rainbow splattered death. There's my uplifting preview for this show coming up this Sunday. I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.